Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fail with Fire. I am your podcast host, Phoenix Ha. I'm also the CEO of AdBeacon, my favorite first-party data attribution and optimization platform. Why? Because I built it literally for you, for media buyers. But I thought, hey, why not create a podcast where we have conversations with industry titans speaking on failures because they often are catalysts to the most incredible moments in our lives, the growth, et cetera. But what's even cooler is and it's, a, it's an excuse for me to hang out with my friends that happen to be killers in the space. This one in particular that I'm about to intro is Zoe Khan. I met this beautiful woman at, actually, I don't even remember the first time I met you. It could have been Dubai. I don't recall. I, we met in Nashville. I think we met at Geek Out or Geek X. I think that was the first time I met you in, in real life. Okay, let me do my little intro of you and we'll, I'll let you know when I really remembered you because I don't believe in lying. So let's start off with Zoe Khan is a CX extraordinaire for people who don't know what CX is, customer experience. That's an area that maybe you don't necessarily think about all the time as a priority if you're in the D2C space, not to knock you, but it is one of the most important things we should be paying attention to because without the Zoe Khans in the world, you wouldn't have LTV. You wouldn't have loyalty and brand loyalty and equity. But what's even cooler is that she's the head of CX of Chomps, which we love a meat stick. And <laughs> also, it used to be with Ghost, right? Yeah, the energy drink, which I have yet to try. Yeah, I always say, too, I, I keep, whenever people talk about Ghost now, they're like, the energy drink. But it's like, when in my head, I'm like, no, not the energy drink. Now everyone knows it for the energy drink. But when I started for the first, like, Two and a half years, we were like just formulating the energy drink. It was all supplements and lifestyle. So it's so funny for me to hear, oh, yeah, go see energy drink. I'm like, no, not the energy drink, the supplements. And then we have an energy drink. So it's so cool to see how it grows. And everyone now, everyone I talk to, they say, oh, that energy drink. So it's super cool to see how that market has grown. The evolution of a product, right? Yeah. You're just saying right now, Ghost is a brand. It's not a product because it can go as far as... And energy, energy drink, supplements, et cetera. But what's, oh, by the way, I am not in my normal place. This is not my office either. I am hijacking this office, but I did have to come in. I'm grateful for it. So if the sound quality isn't as great, I apologize. However, the value of what we're going to speak on is pretty high. I will tell you, I met Zoe, who knows where at this point, but I always remember seeing you and going, she's really cool. Also, your gamer setup is insane. So before I even get into that, Zoe does this thing. She, you're on Twitch, correct? Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> you're a gamer? I'm a gamer. I am too. Wait, so, what? <laughs> How have we not talked about this? Because I wanted to save it for this very moment for our podcast listeners to go, nerds, we're all not ugly. So, you know, that whole stereotype of women being ugly and also liking video games, false. But yeah, they're um, like, oh, the fat, ugly girls love video games. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, no. And I, so I play Hogwarts Legacy, which I'm so into. We just got Skyrim. I used to be a Halo girl. It's okay. Cool. You actually strike me as a Halo girl. Like, I could see you as a Halo girl. <laughs> I would come over to my best friend's house and she just wanted to like, sit and talk. I'm like, fuck that. I came for Halo. I didn't even come for you. But, but she's also my maid of honor now, so clearly it's stuck somewhere. But anyway, back to the story of you. So I met you however long ago. I can't even pinpoint, but I always remember Zoe being there. 
Zoe is there, Zoe is there. And it's very weird when you're navigating and networking in an environment where you just don't know who you're going to speak to and what everyone's, I guess, mission is. Normally what happens is somebody else in the space will plop me in front of someone else, right? Like another chick and go, you guys will get along. And 99% of the time, I don't like the other person. You're different. And then the time that you really stood out to me and actually my heart melted, and that was when I was like, I want to be friends with her, is we were at GeekX LA, shout out GeekX, and we were talking about, I think I was talking to Molly Pittman, who's going to be on this podcast as well. And she was like, yeah, I was like, it's been, a, it's been on my bucket list to meet you, Molly. And you're like, you're on my bucket list, Phoenix. And I was like, I'm on someone's bucket list? Fuck, that's amazing. But that's what I remember you. And I'm like, fuck yeah. And then I found out you're a host with Jess on Oopsie, which is, by the way, if you're not listening to Oopsie, incredible podcast. Incredible. Great job there. But I'm going to stop talking. Welcome to the podcast, Zoe. Thank you, Phoenix. Yeah, honestly, you had been on my bucket list. And now I remember actually, the actually the first time we interacted, but I don't think we had like that much like deep convos was at the founders, Nick's found women's founders. That's what it was. That's where we like met, but we didn't have any like deep conversation. I think we were actually like giggling in the back. I don't know, doing some bullshit. With Rama. Yeah, yeah with Rama. But yeah, and then, but it was like the event that like women's founders event, it was like pretty short. So I feel like we didn't have that much time to like really dig in. But I do remember now. Yeah, I did tell you that because I had seen, like you said, like there's not that many like badass women like speaking and everything. And I think I saw Nick post you at what the Dubai event, something like that. And I was like, she just is so well-spoken and is like such a badass women founder. And I saw you, then you started popping up in whoever was like doing paid ads for, I don't know, something. And I was just like, she's such a badass. She's just so well-spoken. And I think that's such a cool trait to just be confident. And so, yeah, you are on my bucket list. Look, you're on my bucket list. Like, you and I are friends now. It's really blossomed in a very short amount of time. And thank you, first of all, for all the kind words, because the sentiment is, it goes both ways. I look at you and I'm like, shoot, Zoe's sick. And I just text you every time I was like, yeah. I talk to her about something it just happens to be about twitter and how it hates and my posts actually post but yeah zoe i will tell you like it is rare to find somebody in the space that you click with specifically a female you i see as a killer in the space both you and jess sitting down and being able to just hang out one of my fondest memories already in the year and yeah i just hope it continues to grow but okay let's dial back i introed zoe but let's do it the unorthodox fail with fire way. If we were at a barbecue and your mom or some family member were to grab you and like, Phoenix, I need you to meet Zoe. What would they say? What would they say that you even do for work? Yeah, that's such a good one. And it's funny because like my parents have no idea what the fuck goes on in my life. So I think my mom would be like, my mom would say something crazy. Oh, yeah, she ran away. And she does like some stuff on the internet, like something she's doing something on the internet, but she's doing good for herself. That's like how my mom would. She has no idea like any what goes on, but she would. She'd probably mention Chomps. Um, she would say like she does like marketing for Chomps, but like 
maybe that's it. <laughs> like, I'm not sure that she understands what's going on. But yeah, she would be like, she ran away and now does something on the internet, which would sound so sketchy, especially for a female. But that's how I would be. They probably talk about me. Like Zoe sells meat sticks on the internet. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Exactly. Only fan. Right? That's awesome. I'm pretty sure my mom still doesn't know what I do. I think she secretly thinks I hold all the information in the world, aka her passwords to everything that I'd never even set up with her. It's that simple. And it's I always like to ask that question because most of the time, the people that are in our lives that love us the most that saw us since we were babies till now will only see the best sides of us. So we might think we have all this clout of what our titles are and what we do. But in reality, all they see is she works on marketing on the internet. I don't really care, but let me tell you who Zoe is. That is actually... The reason why we asked that question, I think this is the first time I'm revealing why I asked this question, is because that's all that matters. Failing with fire is really bringing back down to earth all these people that we see online, all the people we look up to, like yourself, and then humanizing them and realize, yeah. wait, they're just normal people and their parents don't give a shit either. <laughs> so it's that simple. But uh, yeah. So first of all, Zoe, you fantastic we're just talking glowing we our podcast is a video podcast you can see it on spotify apple podcasts and youtube so if you get to see her beautiful bronze skin where are you right sweet what'd you say are you in san diego still i'm in san diego yep and i've been enjoying the sun like the june bloom is gone and the sun's out as in la too so it's nice thank god hi pups all right i'm going crazy It's okay. My dog's usually the crazy one. So why don't we just dive right in? And this is why I love having you on this podcast. You are not afraid to just be completely upfront and honest. I've noticed that, especially with your podcast with Jess. Failures are a weird thing because a lot of people shy away from the word failure, but often they make us become better versions of ourselves. And I would love to hear about a time in your life that you were at the depths of for me, it would be desperation. For you, I don't know what it would be, but walk me through a failure and the fire that brought you back to life from it. Yeah, I actually, I was trying to think of what to talk about on this because we, and it's ironic too, because this is my favorite way to talk about how to succeed is to start with the failures. And that's Oopsie Podcast is all about that too. It's just like, how, how did you mess up and what did you learn from it? But some of the things that, we I haven't talked about a lot are the like mindset failures that I've had. And thankfully, I feel like I, I'll probably have more. I will have more. But when I look back and see like the biggest impacts of different things that have happened to me, the failure part actually ha- started off as like a mindset failure. And so one of the biggest ones I can think of is, and we're going to get deep, but When I was 18, I got kicked out of my house and I had to drop out of school and because of funding and blah, 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 I couldn't afford to pay my dorm and whatever. So I had to drop out of school and I was like in this like really scary mindset of I'm not good enough. I don't have any experience. I I like the biggest thing was like not having experience and then being like already a college dropout and not having a plan, not having any money. I. Like it was just a very dark spot. 
And I remember my mindset was so negative. Like that's all I could think of is like I was just focusing on all of those like negative parts. And I remember as soon as my mindset changed, because I was like trying to apply for jobs. I was applying like everywhere. And every time I applied for a job at that moment, I remember thinking like, I'm not going to get this because like, I'm, why would they give me a chance? I have nothing. I'm not qualified. And I remember the shift from thinking that every time I applied to something and then thinking, oh, they will give me a chance. I am so qualified for this. Like I can do this. That's like when opportunities started like flowing towards me, literally when I was like confident in myself. And we can get into that in Phoenix. I'd love to hear your opinion on it. But I it we can talk about mindset all day, too. But the way you carry yourself and the way you act on things when your mindset is different completely changes your life. And we can talk about attracting different things. But there's so many different aspects of like me failing with having that like negative attitude and that was like, if I stayed in that negative mindset, I would like still be failing today, like for the same reasons. So that's one of my biggest failures. I think like that at the first biggest failures that I can think of is just getting stuck, even if it was just for six months, getting stuck in that mindset because it's just a horrible place to be. Yeah. All right. We're going to get deep because I think I've said this now four times in a row. What will often happen when I ask the question is somebody will either put themselves back in the mindset of that failure. It's almost like deafening to them because they're just like, oh my gosh, I'm going through it again. Or we'll glaze over it because it's happened in the past and we talk about it like it's the past. So then we moved on, right? And my job is to be an asshole and bring you back into it. And you're right. The biggest failure could is definitely mindset, which is why fire, if you don't have fire behind your failures, it's just that. It's just a failure. That's key. But you're right, because I guess my question to you, Zoe, is with that mindset that you had, that self-deprecation that you're speaking to, what did you miss out on? What are some things that I wouldn't say you regret because I don't think that's the right term, but what did you miss out on that you would have gone, wow, if I just had a different mindset? Yeah, I I can't remember exactly the like opportunities that I applied for, but I was in my whole career, I've always been into health and fitness and stuff. And I remember applying to different like little like gyms and like mom and pop gyms and like other things like that. And I actually remember people asking me questions like like the owners of these like small gyms asking me questions and me responding with, oh, yeah, honestly, I'm not sure if I could do that. Like, I've never done that before. I'm not instead of saying I can learn anything. I haven't done that before, but I can learn anything. I'm a fast learner. And if I really think that if I saw someone answer questions like that, oh, they don't believe in themselves. They're not going to thrive. They're not ready for this position. Mm -hmm. And I just think that everything happens like how everything worked out got me to where I am today. But it's interesting to think about your question, Phoenix, of what could where I could have been if I had changed my mindset earlier and answered these questions earlier because I never ended up like finishing school or anything. So I just got to where I am today from going through all of these different changes. So it's just who knows what could have happened (laughs) if I had just been more positive or more early on. It's not even the positivity. It's like the (laughs) self-assurance. Everyone's terrified, Zoe. Like we're all terrified. And I'm so glad you're on this podcast because you say things that and I hope you take this the right way. You say things that most people are not brave enough to say, but maybe aren't the things that are hooks 
to what people want on a podcast, right? Like, who wants to be like, when I was homeless, which is fine, be homeless. That's part of the process. But you're saying, hey, I was very self-deprecating. My mindset is what brought me back. It's so great you say that because I do a lot of interviews and or my really close friends, better example. I have a lot of female friends that want to get into the space. I will be like, I see this in you. I think you can do it really well. Let's go. And that person will be like, oh, I don't think I can do it. All those ex- I would say excuses that you just made. Let me just make something very clear. For people who align with what Zoe was just speaking to and have a very similar mindset as she did prior, I'm going to tell you what the mindset is of the person on the other side, the person who is encouraging you, the person who is interviewing you. What I hear is you don't see what I see. I'm not going to give you a chance unless I see it first. And if I see it in you and I'm telling you, you can do this and you keep giving me reasons as to why you cannot, I have to make the choice and go, do I listen to this person and just move on? Or do I have to convince them to believe in themselves? And if you put yourself in my position, do you want to convince somebody? And sometimes it's worth the push, but often it's more frustrating. But that doesn't mean Zoe couldn't have fucking killed it and became the VP, if not CEO, blah, blah, blah. But also she needed to learn that. And I love that you said that. Really yeah. good. And it actually, that's like a good segue to, to talk about. I have another kind of like failure that's very mindset focused too, but it's like staying quiet. I was so scared and I think they're related. I think I was always in a poverty mindset. So it's like those things of not asking for what I'm worth or like self-deprecating, like you said, like not feeling like I was worth whatever, or not being exposed to. I was never really around people who made more than fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. So I was like, if I make $60,000, I'm a millionaire in my eyes. And so I was like so surrounded by that poverty mindset and not understanding that I can, I deserve the world and staying quiet. Like I, well, I stayed quiet and I was so scared to like network and go around because I wasn't, I was almost always being encouraged not to do that and be secretive in like my work and stuff. And I, yeah, it's, that's another huge failure, I think, is like not understanding the the value of networking and like talking and being collaborative with not just people in your company, but outside of your company who do the same things. The whole D2C Twitter and this space that we're in. And I really wish that I understood that staying quiet is not the not always the right thing. And I'm not even sure if it's ever the right thing because I as soon as I started networking properly and I give so much praise to Eli Weiss because he was the first person that I met that was like a CX leader that actually put into words like why customer experience is important. Because like before I met him, I was just like, I'm doing customer support and nobody fucking cares and everyone wants to underpay and just treat these people like shit. And I'm just like trying to stick up for my team and but nobody wants to fucking listen to us. And Eli was the first person that I met that he was like, no, this is like a whole there's a whole world out there of like customer experience and people do care about this. And I was like, what? This is crazy. So Eli was the first person who like opened up my eyes to like, there's this whole world out there, Zoe, that people will value you. And they like you're doing good work. Like you need to share this. And like you're on like he he got rid of my imposter syndrome. And I still struggle with it sometimes. But like, the level that he was able to talk to me about, hey, yeah, you do know what you're doing. Like, you are a killer. 
Like you should talk to other people and help people because they're going to, your value is so important. So that networking thing and like that fail of I stayed quiet. I, that's another one. I'm like, I wonder how many opportunities I missed out on from just like hiding. Yeah. It's don't stay quiet, but also don't have an inflated ego when you do voice. When you do have that voice. I love what you said. Your value is not in your title. Your value is how you execute and how you communicate. So for people who don't understand CX or customer experience, what Zoe does is actually imperative to growth in your company. If you don't concentrate on CX, you're losing already. You're already losing. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. And it's interesting too, and you probably have a better look on this with your company and stuff, but CX and a sales standpoint and SaaS, that's like most, imp- that's like forefront, like customer success is like making sure that these customers are happy because they bring so m- your company, they are what shapes your company. And like, just because there's not millions of that or because there's not millions of them, you really have to retain them and listen to them. Where if you're selling CPG products or anything that's like you might you could have millions of customers it's the founders can sometimes look at one customer and be like oh whatever there's a million other ones so my view on customer experience is to take all those values from like a tech customer success type thing and put those like every customer matters and listen to them and create processes so that you can do that efficiently without spending a million dollars like you don't need a dedicated one person for every customer obviously that's ridiculous but just taking those values and figuring out how to do that at scale it's really important in just sustaining your company incredible yeah and SaaS, it's hard right like really i'm so excited and pride ourselves at ad beacon because somebody tweeted out when i was doing this whole like promo thing on twitter they're like they gave us a nod to being the best SaaS in terms of customer customer experience because we're pretty on top of it. Like we have a Slack channel. We have, we could always communicate with us. We will always make sure you're taken care of. I really pride ourselves in that. However, I get worried about at scale, how that's going to be maintained. And that's where I call a Zoe and go, Hey, help. Like, how are we going to maintain this? How are we going to make sure we're good? I was actually just listening to an episode that you had the most recent episode. I forget her name. I apologize. But what was it? Her name's Mercer. Mercer. And I was on the elliptical. Like I always listen to the Oopsie podcast when I'm on the elliptical because I just start people watching and listening to fuck ups. It's great. (laughs) And she was talking about, I think it was like 20,000 tickets were opened and she had to go through each one manually. And I'm like, fuck me. This is why CX is so important. I will give one little case study. I did work. I still work with this brand, very well-known brand. And they, if you go into their Instagram, they do not answer any of the DMs, any of the the comments. And I sat there for two hours. It's not even my job, okay? I'm in paid media. I'm screenshotting every little thing where it's saying, you never fucking listen to us. I haven't gotten my order in six months. Nobody's answering me, blah, 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 blah. Right, so many pages on pages. And they come to us, paid media buyers and media buyers in general and go, why am I not seeing growth? I'm like, are you paying attention to your customer experience? Do you see that your returns are super high? If they can even communicate to you that they want to return, this is insane. So I have a lot of respect for what you do. A lot. 
I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, it just comes down to processes and like making it easy to do, which has always come like for me when I like started doing it, I'm like, oh yeah, let's just organize it this way. To me, it comes easier, I guess, to me to create automations and thought process and stuff. But the, it is, it's, it's very interesting to hear. Phoenix that because yeah you could do paid media but then if all the comments on the posts that you're promoting are negative then why would the people convert we're connected you and I are connected yeah exactly and I that's one of the big things too is just that communication across every single function of the business and CX it's so important because if there's no if the communication is off and whoever's in charge of the CX or even it's the worst when you have to do it really well if you like off or offshore, you have an offshore team because like the likelihood of having communication with an offshore team and having it good is so it's I've just haven't seen it done really well yet. I'm not saying it's impossible, but that's what I now at Chomps, I do retention too. So I do all the email, SMS, sub- subscription, loyalty, like all of that. And yeah. then it's helped the experience so much because I'm like all of these like marketing things that we're doing need really good communication with CX and even the paid media too. I I want to know what's going, what's floating around, what the deal is being offered to for acquisition and all these things. And if I communicate with that with the girls on the tickets, I'm just saying the girls because our team is full of girls, not only girls do success or customers. Who runs the world? Girls. But uh, yeah, so if I communicate that in the best way possible, they can take care of our customers in the best way possible, especially those new ones that are being acquired, like that don't know the brands. Imagine a world where CX and media buying and brand and performance and CX all got married in a throuple of happiness. Could you imagine the juggernaut and the freaking dominance we would have in this world? But nobody's figured it out, or maybe they have and aren't sharing the news. But that is how you make a successful brand. The end. Goodbye. You're welcome. There's your nugget. But you asked me a question, and I wanted to dig in as you're saying, like, what my perspective is on mindset. And I think the best way for me to describe mindset is like a little history lesson as to my life, really quickly. And I'll share a story, and it is a very personal one, and I don't even care. Okay. So I used to have a mindset because my my upbringing was very weird. It's hard to explain when it comes to men, women, the dynamic, power, all that. And I was with somebody for some time and I always thought he he was like a mentor. He was 11 years older than me. He always he knew everything about marketing. He taught me a lot. And the whole time my mindset was he's taking care of me. He's taking care of me. It's this brainwashing. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm paying all the bills at 23. He's 11 years older. I'm the one making the moves. I'm the one like funding your little companies here. And at the time, I remember I got a, this guy was so stupid. He had his text messages linked to my laptop, but he'd borrow my laptop. I had two, one for work and one for just life. And he hooked it up. So he was cheating on me. He was like trying to hang out with chicks and would put it on his laptop and not his phone. So I didn't trust him. And to your point of staying quiet and your mindset, all that, I like to consider myself a pretty strong female. I pretty much vocalize everything. But when I saw the messages and I knew he was cheating on me, 
I broke. And I had to make a decision right there. Am I going to be okay with this? Or am I just going to, or am I going to cut him out? And I chose to be okay with it. When I tell you how much more pain came with that, the decisions I made to not stick to my guns, to not change my mindset and go, no, to do those things have exponential like uh, torture slash pain coming your way. So the reason why I think that mindset is so important is now I have a very low tolerance to bullshit. Now you look at me wrong, you're out. (laughs) Now it's like maybe a little too heightened, but... The point is that when you stop making excuses for your poor decision-making, when you stop making excuses as to why you're not doing something and start giving yourself reasons as to do something, give yourself grace, work on yourself, make sure that you're the best version you can be and make sure you're a good person. Yes. But to be able to speak up, to discern and to cut all the bullshit out, you will be far beyond where you are today. And I learned that. And once that happened, oh my God, my career, my personal life, everything skyrocketed. And I met my now fiance three days after I broke up with this man. That's wild. That's, yeah. it's, it is such a crazy thing. The, like, the mindset and where the mind is amazing, but it's scary because you can get stuck yeah. in situations like that. And some people never get unstuck. Which is scary. If you're in a situation like that where your your mind can tell you deserve one thing or give things a chance or whatever, and if you don't get out of that, you could be stuck there. Like you could be unhappy for a really long time and just stuck. You can be compassionate, right? You can really love others, but they should not be the ones making the decisions for you. And you cannot use them as excuses as to why you aren't doing something to your point of being stuck. I remember, I will never forget this. I remember waking up every day knowing that we owed people money, even though I didn't owe people money. It was his decisions that made him owe people money. But because we were together, it was us. I bore that burden for many years and I'll never want to be there ever again. And I will never be there hopefully ever again. That's a choice you make. You go, oh, wait, no, but that person's a, he's a good person. He has good intentions or they don't mean to not give me a raise. They just, they just don't see the value yet. Or maybe one day, like when I'm good enough, this will happen. No, you're good enough now. And if you don't have the answers now, figure out a fucking way to get the answers, but always be a good human. So I love that you said those things. It makes me happy. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is I liked what your point of they don't mean to not give me a raise. Like I that's another like big failure, I think, is not understanding like a company and like what they can and can't afford, like realistically, because that's like another scary thing of getting in is that mindset of what do you deserve and the work you're doing and what you should get paid for and whatever. And then also, I've been thinking about this. It's hard to, and I'd love to hear your story of starting Ad Beacon because to go from like a worker to a founder, or that's not the right thing, but like to work for someone else to like founding your own business. Um, I'm in like an in-between right now I love Chomp so much and I love being brand side, but I've created this agency on the side because when I consult, people always are like, that's great, but can you do it for me? And for eight months, I was like, I just don't have time to do it 
And then I ended up starting to do implementation like on my weekends and stuff. And then I was like, now I'm like never not working. And so I figured out how to teach people to do the implementation. And then I accidentally created this agency on the side. And so now I'm like, <laughs> so now I'm in both worlds and I, I actually love it so much. And I love Chomps and they're so supportive of literally everything I do. And like, they know everything I do too. So they're like super supportive and they know the more eyes on their employees, the more eyes on the company. Um, yeah. But yeah, making that like trying to decide like what, where to, when to make a leap to be a, like a full-time founder, like it's, that's another scary thing. Girl, I struggle with that. I'm so glad you said it. So let me just kind of give you a little reference. I was broke four and a half, five years now ago. I'm trying to remember timelines. I always get them wrong. It's a blur. I was broke. So that X took 50K from me. I wasn't making very much. I, the lot of trauma, a lot of craziness happened, not only in my work life, my personal life, everything, and everything went belly up. And somehow I got this interview at this agency for a paid social. I didn't even know what paid social was. So I was like, okay, I think I talked about this on the Oopsie podcast quickly, but quickly accelerated into being the director. And it was all based off of someone giving me a chance. And you always want this level of excellence. What they didn't know until three months in after hiring me was I was also getting my MBA. And I didn't have money to pay for that MBA. I was just like, I'm going to do it. And it was during COVID too. So I was like, okay, I could be remote and then we'll figure it out. And I am every day slaving, like eating at my desk right after work, five minutes and then going straight into class and then doing work. And then I didn't have weekends. I didn't have a social life. And a lot of my quote unquote personal friendships suffered, but it put a lot of perspective into who I'm going to put my time into and who understands what the grind is. I digress. Anyway, my point is that after all of that, you start to hit the ceiling where you want more and you want more and you want more. Not that you want more money, you want more to understand. Because the best people I've noticed is they take in a skill set, they hone that skill set within a few years, and then they want more. Like you. You created an agency on accident. You have that thing in you. You have this. I always say it's screw loose. So what I'll say is this. We created Ad Beacon originally for the agency I was with because I was like, okay, we need this. My now partner, if there's two other founders, we said, why don't we build this? Because all the other platforms that we were using just didn't fit our needs. And I was like, we can build this better. We can do this in a different way. So we did that. We started picking up steam and I realized quickly I'm doing myself a disservice and my team a disservice by splitting my time and becoming mediocre in all three roles and not incredible in one. So that's a little hint to you. But then next step is I had a very big struggle. I have a whole LinkedIn thread about this, how I couldn't let go of control over something that was familiar to me, which was being a director and a leader to being a CEO because that was scarier. So you lean on to what you know. And when I finally made the break, Zoe, the best decision was made because I was doing that leader, the person who's supposed to replace me a disservice. I was not letting her lead. I was making her my personal assistant, my bitch. Sorry, girl. Sorry, Shelby. She's incredible. Now I literally just got a compliment today. We were at lunch and they're like, just want to let you know, Phoenix, like Shelby's absolutely incredible. She's really grown. I'm like, and I, if anything, yeah, I'm proud. But I'm actually angry at myself because I'm the reason why they're saying that because I didn't let her take over. 
And then Ad Beacon suffered because no one knew about it until I started taking control. And then now you know about it. I hope that answer is very long-winded, but that's my perspective. No, that helps so much. And I think it helps like others too, because I do see that a lot in our space too, where it's just like everyone's doing everything. And I'm like, we're all going to have a mental breakdown like soon, like together. (laughs) Because I'm definitely that way where I'm like, I need to be learning and growing at all times or else I just don't feel satisfied. And it's not even a money thing or a power thing. It's just like, I just can't like, I can't, I'm like never satisfied with being that, like just being content in what I'm doing. Like I always have to be, I have that screw loose, like you said. It's okay, Zoe, just take my hand. We'll just kumbaya together. Mental breakdowns. Yeah. Mental breakdown. Everyone in D2C is having a mental breakdown right now. Yeah, we should, at the Sendling event, we should like all have cry sesh. <laughs> oh, I'm so here for it. Just I'll bring the ayahuasca. I'm just kidding. I'll bring it home to Yeah, I actually just put on Twitter today. I was like, all right, guys. I haven't been on Twitter for a minute. I was like, all right, guys, what are we complaining about? What are we arguing about today on Twitter? And actually really funny responses. But anyway, I want to take us to the next segment. Thank you for sharing those fails because I think they're so relatable. But uh, let's go into hot takes because we love a little controversy. We love a little drama. I want to hear what your hot takes are right now. My hot takes are that this is like such a hot take. It's and I think you you're gonna you're gonna agree. But some people who are like putting shit out there and putting like blanket statements out there don't really know what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) Are we gonna name drop or no? We're not. You can figure it out. But my thing is. I've learned, like, you can't just trust everyone just because they have a big following. And it's not to say that they're bad people. Like, they're not bad people. And it's just that just because they don't have a large following or anything, there could be, like, people who know what they're talking about. That All I'm saying is there. you just have to, like, interview. Treat everyone like an interview. No, just spit it out. Don't trust a bitch. Don't trust a bitch. Don't trust a bitch. Yeah. You, I was actually just talking to Nick about how I really don't appreciate like blanketed statements because actually I think I was saying that about him because he believes that UGC doesn't work anymore. And I'm like, that's funny because you're using my UGC for Breeze as ads. <laughs> Interesting. I think there needs to be a breath of fresh air. We all call each other out in a very constructive manner. I think everyone's very sensitive. Guys, it's fucking Twitter. Don't I'm not I'm new to Twitter and I'm telling you not to be sensitive. But yeah, I agree with you actually a lot. And here's the thing I find so interesting because you don't do paid media specifically. You're not a media buyer. However, it's so interesting that in the world of paid media where you're supposed to A-B test everything and back it by data, where there's no definitives, you seem to make very definitive statements and say, you can only do it this way. This is the end-all, be-all way. I always find that very funny because that's the antithesis of what paid media is. All we do is find different strategies. That's why it's a beautiful space to be in. If it was definitive, you would not know who my name or who I am in this space because We all do it differently. Yeah. And that's one of the probably the other thing is some people just have so much to learn. And 
that's where I get stuck of where I used to stay quiet. But I know so much more now than if I had started speaking up, I don't know, years ago. And so I feel more credible, like for myself, not like that, like I don't need to prove myself to anyone. But sometimes I go to people to ask them, like, what do you do in this situation? And what blah, blah, blah. And then I look at them as they know everything because they're posting all this stuff and they have a following. And then I'm like, wait, nobody knows what they're talking about. Like, it's crazy to me that that whole aspect of, yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily, it's not a bad thing for them, but it's like a frustrating thing for, for others, if that makes sense. It's just frustrating. It's very frustrating. It's so funny when I was first coming into, I graduated college and I did an internship and all that. And every time you go and get an internship, you want a mentor, right? So you want to learn and you're like, oh shit, I'm working with Nike. This is so exciting. I worked with Nike and sorry if I get sued, but it was not that great. It was very disorganized. They didn't know what they were doing. They were like chickens with their heads cut off. And then I worked with Modelo and Modelo had a lot of red tape. I'm still good friends with those people. And the Constellation brands, they're awesome. But then again, we're all figuring it out together. And the people that I did find mentorship in are just good people that have really great executional qualities. But all the people that are like you were saying, it's just because they have a high following doesn't mean that they have a higher level of, I would say, validity in terms of like their workflows. And you might have something that completely rattles everybody and they have no clue, but just because they don't know. I firmly, okay, here's my hot take. I'm going to bring it in. I firmly believe that the new form of currency is going to be how effective you are in communicating. Amen. That's like the whole thing that we were talking about with CX. It's just communication and execution and implementation. All those things, they're just so important. And actually, like you said, I'm not in paid media. And I actually, that's one of the things that still gives me like imposter syndrome because I want to eventually work myself up to be, I don't know if I ever want to be like a CMO because maybe I'll do like my own thing and I just won't ever be in that like place in a brand. But I want to, I want to be in the weeds of everything because I want to be able to like feel the hurt (laughs) and understand like how to actually do things because it's hard for me to, if, to have that communication with a team And this might just be a personality trait of my own or characteristic of my own, but it's hard for me to have that proper communication without understanding and being in the weeds and like knowing how to do that shit. And it's so hard for me to to take advice from people who haven't been in the weeds. So I just that's another thing. I just need to learn how to fucking do everything. (laughs) And and I like need to be good at it, too. I spend my weekends, I think every Saturday with my old mentor. It was a really humbling experience. She calls me and she's the head of a very huge brand, huge brand, international brand. And she doesn't do paid media. She was the head of PR when I was working with her and she taught me so much. And she's, can you teach me about paid media? Because I want to be a better leader. I want to understand. It doesn't mean I need to be able to execute campaigns. I just want to understand. So we spend every Saturday... I just give her like a framework and we talk and she gives me like real time excuses that her paid media teams are giving her. And I'm like, no, that's bullshit. So I think to you to answer, not that it was a question is, A, if you ever want that, I'm here for you. You're my girl. 
But also for two is find people that you really connect with, that you trust, and trust is not easily given. It's earned. I believe that. And sit down with them and be like, hey, would you be down if I could just show you what my hunch is and then you tell me? And 99% of the time, I'm going to give you a very high percentage, 99% of the time, your hunch is correct. Hey, I have a feeling they're not doing shit. Oh, if you feel like they're not doing shit, they're most likely not. And then I will tell you, oh, no, they are. You just, you're not seeing the results in a timely manner, but usually they're. Yeah, I, it's interesting too, when we talk about going back to, I never ended up really going back to school and, but it doesn't fucking matter. And it doesn't matter because a lot of the stuff when Early on in my career, when I was like, I'm not qualified. I never was taught this. For some reason, I like thought that people in college get taught all these things that we're doing in business. They don't. And but I like thought that I'm like, oh, these people must be like so much more qualified for me than me. Like I didn't go to school for this. But a lot of the stuff, like you said, it's like you're just figuring it out and you just put yourself in the mindset of a consumer and what would get you to buy and what makes you click and what makes you feel good purchasing from a company. And that's all it is. It's just put yourself in the mindset of a consumer and then figure it out. You're already 10 miles ahead of everybody in this space. It's so funny. The only reason why I've been able to break through this space is because people don't use common sense. And I was common sense is not common, Zoe. I've found out. Drives me crazy. But that's it. If you want to get ahead in the game, it's common sense. It's really a simple. I was laughing and we'll end with this. But like I was laughing when I said one statement, everyone's minds were blown. And I'm like, this is what impresses you. Oh, shit. Maybe I will make it in this world. It was like, it was this thing. I was like, yeah, if you don't like the ad, I almost guarantee you no one else is going to fucking like the ad. Do you like this ad? Do you like, would you buy from this ad? No. Okay, great. Then why the fuck are we spending money on it? That blew everyone's mind. And I was like, oh, God. Okay. I guess I'll be a leader in the space now. <laughs> Here I am. That's how I feel with anything that I post on like anything. Cause I'm like, this is so like to me, I feel like once I learn it, to me, it feels elementary. And so I'm like, why am I posting about it? But then I post about it and it's helping people. I'm like, this is crazy because it is just like my common sense brain. And that that I'm not saying like that's to knock anyone, but you feel the same way. You're like, that's just common sense to me. What we think is really complex is something that is very in the weeds. There was a joke going around when I first started working with Nick and Jordan. And I think that crew there, I always said, I think someone was like, you describe things like a five-year-old. I was like, good, because that's how, but I'm serious. All the content that I simplify hits so hard. But when you get hyper-complex, it just doesn't really hit the same because it's only one note and you're really talking about one thing. But if you broaden it to a quote-unquote elementary level, which it's not, it opens conversation and then it clicks. It's also like validation that they're doing it right. Yeah, yeah. Click the green button. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like the green button. Cool. Dollars. Dollar signs. Click the green button. I love that. Zoe, it has been an absolute pleasure. And I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast. Where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Yeah. So I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn. And I did just launch a newsletter. And that can be found on my Twitter. But I... 
would love for people to subscribe to my newsletter. My So my Twitter is underscore Z-O-E-K-A-H-N underscore. So Zoe Khan. Um, and then I think my newsletter is pinned right now and I'm going to keep it pinned. But that's another thing. I was like, what the fuck am I going to talk about on a newsletter? And then I started writing. I'm like, holy shit, this is way too long. Are people going to read this? <laughs> I'm going to read it. I subscribed. Also, just a little Easter egg for everybody, which I might start doing. I might give 15% off ad beacon if you use code like we did one with Van. Don't be a dick. It's like my end all be all. But anyway, first of all, you did hear the Lauren Tickner. Oh, yeah. I listened to learn your episode with Lauren Tickner and I thought it was so cool because I, before I was even in the space at all, I knew Lauren from, I'm pretty sure when she was like just doing fitness things, like before she got into the business side. So it's been really cool to, I haven't super like hyper fixated on her content or anything, but it's been really cool to be like, oh, what's Lauren up to these days? And she's, it's just been fucking amazing to see her grow. Um, And so just really, enough, like you guys were saying, it's seeing women excel in this space is so fucking cool. So Girl, I'm going to connect all the fucking sick ass women in this space. Maybe that's my mission. I'll connect them. We'll get it going. All right, Zoe, we know where to follow you. We know you're the shit. I can't wait to see what you do. And thank you for joining us. Oh.